Texas, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. 501, your start time here. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Second hour underway on a Monday. A happy Monday to everybody. A very happy Monday for you all Aggie maniacs. Utah State gets a... Another Mountain West Conference Championship title. Back-to-back years. First time they've went, uh, excuse me, won the a conference tournament back-to-back years since the 2000 and 2001 season. Led by, of course, only one guy who we can call Mr. Clutch. Electing not to call timeout. I like that move. Tied at 56. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! Goodness. He thinks he got fouled. He did get fouled, by the way, because they called it pretty ticky-tacky foul on the other side from Abel Porter when he fouled Fegan, who went in there and stroke down three free throws. This one was clearly a foul. Yeah, he got Sam Merrill, there. you said it best. I love the word you used. Filthy, Filthy and just disgusting. Three. I mean, you're looking at a guy who clears out everybody. You know he's going to shoot it. Now, he said he had one move that he wanted to go to. Wasn't available because Fegan, who, by the way, probably should have won Defensive Player of the Year, but his teammate Malachi Flynn stole it, is Garden Merrill and is in his shorts. And uh, stay, <laughs> just a step back three with a guy in your grill to knock it down for the Mount West Championship is just, I mean, I'm sitting courtside watching that and lost my mind. Like, that place just erupted. Yeah, and, to me, uh, it looked a lot like the, um, granted, he was more center court, left of center, and uh, Lillard was on the right side, but it looked a lot like the uh, Damian Lillard three to eliminate the Thunder last year in the playoffs. I like that. I That's, that's, a, that's a good one. I like that one. The comparison, just to step back in the range, and the, I mean, how oh, deep yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. And again, he did get fouled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. AJ Nott on that side. I'm AJ Salison. Welcome to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, you can also stream us on 1069thefan.com. Utah State, once again, back-to-back conference champions in the Mountain West Conference. They do it by beating the number four team in the country and a relative one seed in San Diego State. An absolute stunner. In the Thomas and Mack Center as Utah State gets out of there with a big one and uh, and wins a 59-56, a low-scoring game, and some poor shooting by Utah State in the first half. They get away with it in the end. Uh, not sure how, uh, but they get away with it huh? in the end. Really, I mean, AJ, they, they played good defense for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they. I think they... <laughs> What was it? At one point, I think early, both teams were combined like 5 for 25 yes. or 4 for 25 yes. or something like that. And then New Mexico, I think, got on a, on a bit of a run. And I, I just, I think what, I, I mentioned this earlier, I think what happened is they started running the pick and roll, but Sam Rowe was like, all right, well, if we're going to go down, I'm going to go down shooting at least. But he was hitting everything. And I think that gave his team confidence. And that that's so important. And I know I talk about Purdue fairly often. I'm a fan. But like, so Sam Merrill right now is reminding me a lot of what Carson Edwards did because Carson Edwards last year, if you're not familiar with the tournament, almost single-handedly carried Purdue over Virginia right. in the Elite Eight. And so, and the broadcasters have talked about it all of the Mountain West tournament and all throughout that they said Utah State is a team to watch if they can get into the brackets because when you have a player like Sam Merrill, 
he can go he can go unconscious and just decide all right I'm going to hit everything and that's those are the type of performances that can carry and and March is famous for him I mean what Fredette got uh, BYU to the Elite Eight I think against Florida one year uh, Steph Curry got Davidson to an Elite Eight one year I mean March is famous for that one player who just says all right I'm going to carry the team I got this mm, I like it. Uh, San Diego State was shut down in the second half. Field goal, field goal percentage wise, just not a good, uh, not a good shooting period for them. Uh, AJ, they go nine of twenty-five in the second half from the field, one of eight from deep. They shoot twelve percent from three and thirty-six percent from the field in the second half. They shot thirty-six percent from three in the first half and thirty-three percent from the field in the first half as well. They only shot one free throw in the first half. Meanwhile, the Aggies. Shot 10 free throws in all. They went 8-10 at the line. Uh, and uh, for San Diego State, overall, at the line, they went 9-10. of 10. Uh, But just poor shooting all around from San Diego State. Malachi Flynn goes 6-20. KJ Feegan went 3-11. of 11. Uh, Matt Mitchell went 1-7. of 7. He was not good in the championship game. Yanni Wetzel, 5-12. of 12. Plus, he was having to handle, uh, handle Namiya's Keta. Uh, that didn't go as planned. The best run that you saying was they went on, of course, was in the first half when they went on that 11-0 run, part of a stretch where the Aggies didn't score a bucket for 10, no, excuse me, 14 minutes. They didn't score a field goal. 18 straight possessions, and yet, AJ, they were down 15 at this point, and everyone's thinking this game's over. Yeah. And I tweeted out at about the under eight. I said, get it to 8 or 9, and we have a chance. Eight or nine, we have a chance. Breedles three at the buzzer at the halftime. That was a big one. You're, that's exactly what I was about to say. It was huge, AJ, for so many reasons, mainly because they got it back within single digits, and then, by the way, that sparked a run going into the second half. I think half. that's what the difference was, and I appreciate your your logic when it comes to this. Really what the case was is I tweeted out a meme that said you can't blow a second-half lead if you don't have a second-half lead, and then they went on a 10-2 run. I really think what it, I, I use the term shell shock, but I, you can't say it because like San Diego State obviously stayed in it because it was a close game the rest of the way. But I think San Diego State, after playing being behind and playing catch-up, found themselves there like, oh, we're, we're up you know, 15-16, we feel good, and then basically in the last handful of minutes, Merrill fuels a 10-2 run, they cut it down to 8 or whatever it was, and then all of a sudden, Utah State comes out at the start to second half two, keeps the run going, and makes the game close again. I think San Diego State just stumbled, and from there was couldn't mentally was taken out of it because they couldn't believe just how quickly Utah State evaporated that lead. Because Utah State, like you said, went 14 minutes, 18 possessions or whatever it was, could not make a bucket, and I, I'm sure you were feeling the same way because you were there, but as me, I was like, oh boy, this looks like it could get ugly because San Diego State was a second-half team for most of the Mountain West tournament, and they're they're up 16 in the first half, and all of a sudden Utah State evaporates, and you're like, okay, okay, as bad as that was, we feel okay being down as many as we are at the halftime, and then they come back up and pick up where they left off. Uh, we're going to have Coach Austin Hansen, the uh, head associate coach of the Utah State Aggies, join us here in just a few minutes, about 5.15. We'll get his thoughts on this tournament run, especially the championship game. He actually did the scouting report for San Diego State, so it was his job to cover that game if they got there. Um, I thought he did. I thought their defense did a phenomenal job. We'll ask him about that here. Again, 5.15, Austin Hansen will join us, uh, head associate coach for the uh, Utah State Aggies. You know, when on the other side of it, I want to say this. The final, I, I loved how poetic that the final three minutes of this championship game was because it was Flynn versus Merrill, the Mount West Conference Player of the Year last year versus the Mount West Conference Player of the Year this year. The two best players in the conference, one and two, I don't know how you want to rank them, whatever you want to do. 
one and two versus each other for the final three minutes. You turn off the lights, you put a spotlight on those two, and you just say, entertain us for three. Go. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what they did. A Sam three, Malachi answers. Sam layup, Malachi gets a floater. Sam three with a dagger. Malachi's, by the way, we're going to ask Austin this. That, I had a okay angle, not a great angle to three, but when he let it go, that thing was dead on straight. I don't know how much closer you can get yeah. pushing into three. That shot, if it's yeah. a little it bit softer, yeah. it's in. It was. I think. I think that the Aggies were a little bit surprised because they they look like they kind of let him go. So like, hey, he's not going to get close enough. And I'm with you. It was. Whew. Yeah. I mean, it's in and out. And even when it goes like when it came out, I'm like, that's going to bounce back in. Because I mean, you can't tell from your angle, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's that's going to come back in. Yeah. It was. And, it was uh, a real I, good look. Somehow. Somehow, the Aggies avoid a, a miraculous ending uh, from the San Diego State Aztecs. Your final score, once again, 59-56 from Thomas Mack. Utah State will go to the big dance. No having to wait for a whole entire week and sweat it out. They will go to the big dance in front of a... By the way, the atmosphere there, AJ. Holy cow. Just chilling. 10,900... Or excuse me, 10,292 fans... And it was loud. I mean, it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Now, by the way, Aztecs definitely outnumbered the Aggies, but the but the Aggie Nation made their voices heard. Yeah, you could they could you could hear them come alive, which was uh, I mean, it was phenomenal. And by the way, uh, the the Keta spin and dunk. Oh, that oh yeah, filthy. So oh, he so on the other end in the, the previous possession, he's uh, uh, he takes a charge, and it should have been a charge, no call. So Keta's upset, and I'm watching him, and he is PO'd. We go to the other side. All he does, AJ, he goes straight to the block, goes and just says, give me the ball. Oh, yeah. Gets the seal, turns around, spins him in a cycle, and throws down. And then, like, you'd see how pissed he was. Like, his eyes, I mean, he, like, he kind of, like, looks towards us just a little bit. Like, he's just glancing, and you could just see in his eyes, like, how angry that man was. Yeah, and he no, takes that, that was just really no cockiness, no ego. It was just give me the dang ball, I'm gonna shoot my free throw, and we're gonna move on. Like he was upset. That was a beautiful, beautiful move by the big man. So hey, I want to. Sh- a lot of Aggies deserve credit. Bean was great on the boards. Ked obviously is the second option. But how about way back against New Mexico? That Brito three. I mean, that was. Especially for you, because you know when Sam takes it, I, I would imagine most Aggies fans are like, "Okay, I'm okay with this." That Brito three, I think the, the a lot of the rest of the team when it comes to threes, you're a little bit, Ugh. woo. There's no doubt he stuck that one. That was yeah, a big one too. Absolutely. And by the way, I love Eric just texted in. I love how he's driving to a jazz game with his kid. He's texting into the show. Uh, Eric texted in Alfonso Anderson money. Barrister oh, yeah. goes down with a big injury yeah. after ta- after uh, on a charge call. And then Alfonso comes in and knocks down back-to-back threes to cut this lead to one. Yeah. It was at six. Good call. Uh, I guess it was at seven, and he cuts it to one uh, on a three from the left corner and then a three from, like, straight away. And just uh, he gets eight points in eight minutes, and they were all huge. Yeah. No, that's a good call by Eric. Uh, but, I, and I, again, I just thought it was phenomenal. Again, 59-56 is your final Utah State-San Diego State. Uh, they both will go to the NCAA tournament. Is San Diego State a one-seed or a two-seed? We're going to get into that, into that in just a little bit later. But first, Austin Hansen will be joining us here live on the Full Court Press. Head associate coach, you also have the scouting report for San Diego State. We'll talk to him. That's all coming up with AJ and AJ. 
Full Court Press, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Full Court Press, AJ Knight, AJ Salas here. Eric Franson is gone, not dead. Alive but not forgotten. He'll be back uh, tomorrow's show. You know, if the Jazz don't win tonight, make sure you give him a bunch of crap because they're on a winning streak, and the only difference tonight would be Eric Wynn. You know what the you know what the difference was? Well, I guess it wasn't really a difference because they won last year, too. I was going to say that I, me going to the NCAA or the Mount West Conference Tournament is the reason why the Aggies won. It's not because they won last year, too, and I wasn't there, so forget that idea. Uh, and you were at the March tournament, and they didn't win that one, so. Okay, and AJ's <laughs> done for the night, everybody. Thank you, AJ. Get the hell out. Uh, now joining us here on the Full Court Press, and it's our honor and pleasure to have him. We appreciate his time, especially on an off week. Head, or I guess uh, head associate coach, I'll, I'll say that, uh, Austin Hansen of the Utah State Aggies men's basketball team joins us here on the Full Court Press. Coach, thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you've been through some uh, conference tournaments of your own. Where does this uh, Thursday through Saturday spree stand in uh, your uh, memory? Uh, it was, you know, it was a pretty exciting one. Uh, just with how the games played out, you know, we had some close games in in all three matchups, and needed some guys to make some plays at the end, and and uh, that always makes it exciting. Hey, Coach, uh, something that us fans and and sportscasters hear all the time is the difficulty when you play a team twice of how difficult it is to be that team if you sweep the series to try and win the third one. Being on the side of Utah State, is there anything you can point to that was the difference in coming up short against San Diego State the first two times but getting the win ultimately and probably the most important one? You know, I, I just think the the way we competed the the you know the two previous times. You know, I think coming out of both those games, you know, we felt like we had opportunities. Um, to win those two games and and just didn't get it done and and felt like if we had another shot at them that we could make some adjustments and and put ourselves in a in a spot to um to be you know to 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 have a chance to beat those guys and and fortunately it played out like that. Are you surprised by what Wyoming was able to do against you guys? No, you know Wyoming was a team with a you know a bunch of young guys that that play hard and compete and you know when you get into tournament situation it's a you know it's 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 a it's a one game deal you know and so the fact that we had beaten them twice during the during the regular season really didn't matter you know all they knew is is they had to beat us once and and they were going to come out and play as hard as they could and um you know those guys do a really good job they're they're a defensive minded team and um, you know, offensively, their motion was really good that night. I mean, they they were really active. I thought they really shared it um, and played the way they needed to 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 try to beat us. And um, you know, that was that was a difficult thing for for our guys. You know, we're a preparation team, and and um, you know, they kind of play with a little bit more freedom that they than they had in the past, and um, and they just did a really good job of of sharing the basketball that night. Coach, you've won back-to-back uh, Mountain West Tournament championships now. Was there something you saw uh, in having success last year that made it easier to do this year, or was it just as much a challenge to run the gauntlet? You know, I, I think it was just as big of a challenge, you know, coming in as, as, a, as a two seed and, and being a, a team that has expectations to win it. You know, each team that you're going up against until you get to the championship game and play the one seed, you know, they have nothing to lose. And so um, they're going to come out and play loose and, and play with a lot of freedom. And, and I think you saw that from the, the first two teams. 
Austin Hansen uh, of the Utah State Aggies men's basketball coaching staff joining us here on the Full Court Press. Coach, the turnaround from the Wyoming game to San Diego State. Sam Morell talked about how he didn't even get a, to go to bed until about 2.15 a.m. I'm not sure what I mean. What time you got a chance to go, if you even got a chance to sleep that night. Can you talk about how tough that turnaround is to go from a late-night game to a mid-afternoon game for a championship? It, it was. It was really tough. And I think any time you get into a tournament – um, setting where you've got back-to-back games like that, and especially for us having three games in a row, it's it's really tough. And playing in the night game and and uh, Friday night's game um, was especially tough just because of the the late start time, the eight thirty start time. You know, we didn't get out of there till um, you know around eleven thirty, eleven forty-five, and I don't think we got back to the to the hotel until you know twelve twelve fifteen, and and we wanted to do some. Uh, walk through a little bit with the guys just to just to kind of put some things in their head overnight and and have them ready for the morning we you know we tried not to keep them up too late and and go through too much but um our team is really good with information and and so we did we you know we got back to the hotel and went over a couple of things and and it was a quick night that's for sure <laughs> Coach, can you talk to what the difference is in the mentality and preparation? Because normally, you know, in the regular season, you have two games a week, but then it's got to be that much tougher when you got three games back to back to back. What is the difference, and how does having a veteran team make that easier, knowing that you got to really focus on the details because you don't have time to get deep into the the scouting report for your the team you're playing the next day? Yeah, I mean, we're fortunate to have an experienced team and and a team with really good leadership, um, a team that's committed to, um, um, you know, uh, executing what we're asking them to do, especially on the defensive end. And so, you know, when we went into uh, film sessions with the guys, you know, everybody was locked in. And it started from the top with our, our seniors, and those guys knew how important um, – those sessions were and, and, and how important it would be to, uh, to us going out and winning the next day. And so, um, you know, to have those guys, uh, locked in and, and have the leadership from, from our seniors down to our younger guys, uh, was, was key for us. And so we, we give them a lot of information and, you know, to have Sam and Abel and, and Diogo, again, being older guys that, you know, they, once we start going over stuff, um, you know, their, their, uh, recall on the, on the stuff was, was pretty quick and, and it was pr- pretty familiar to them. And so it was a lot easier, um, to go through stuff just with, with those guys being able to, to process that information and, and help our younger guys with it. What's the uh, status on Sean Bear still? Uh, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think he was meeting with the uh, with the trainers and and going over that stuff today, but I hadn't heard yet on on what uh, the extent of it yet. So we we don't know if he'll be available yet for the NCAA tournament. Is that correct? I I don't yet. Okay. No. All right. Uh, well, let's get to the fun stuff here. Uh, Sam Merrill just was unconscious in those three games. I know you've seen a lot of basketball as your time as a coach. You ever seen anything like that? That was uh, that was a heck of a performance. You know, that's one of those uh, one of those things you dream up as as a kid. You know, and and rarely do you get to to be on that stage and and have that opportunity in front of you. And for him to do it all three games was pretty incredible. You know, and and we needed it 
all three of you go back and 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 think about the the first night against uh you know New Mexico to to you know it was basically the same the same shot with about uh three or four minutes that put us up three and and then uh we had some other guys make some plays to to finish it out and then uh you know the next night against Wyoming um hit some some shots there in the second half to to extend the lead a little bit and give us a little breathing room down the stretch and and then to finish it off um um, against San Diego State the the next night in the championship game to to uh, to clinch that berth to the NCAA tournament. I mean, it it doesn't get any better for for a kid like that. Was that a no go shot on the San Diego State one, or did you expect him to take it that deep a three? Because I can tell you, as a fan, I was like, no, 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 yes, of course, that's what we needed to take. <laughs> You know, it, it didn't matter at that point. <laughs> you know, we just knew we were going to have the last, we felt like we were going to have the last shot. And, and obviously at that point, you want the ball in Sam's hands. Oh, definitely. Uh, he, he's the one guy that, um, you know, has consistently come up big for us. And, and you and you knew he was the one guy that wanted to take that shot. So, um, and, and obviously Sam has um, made his mark on on this league and, and at Utah State, and so uh, we didn't we didn't doubt you know how far out or, or where he took the shot and wherever he was going to take it. We were we were comfortable and, and confident in him making it. Did you guys discuss before that that you would not take a timeout if you were to get him out or get a rebound and just go? We really didn't, you know. We talked more about the the defensive end and in what we needed to do, and I think that was just kind of a gut thing with with coach when we got the stop and and uh, and kind of looked up there what what the time was on the clock, and and it was in Sam's hands, and he just let him go to work. How sick did you get when you saw Malachi's Flynn's uh, last shot go up in the air and it looked online? Well, you know, I, I have been in that situation actually a couple other times. Oh, really? Um, wh- where the shot, you know, the sh- where the shot was taken, I was directly in line with it, so I could see the line of the ball, um, and, and it looked pretty good. And I've been uh, two other times in the same situation. I've seen that shot go in, uh, and, and we've gotten beat, and so. Oh. Uh, Instantly, as the shot went up and it as as it get you know as it <laughs> got closer rough. to the rim, it was right on line. I was like, "Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Not again!" <laughs> and uh, and I mean that thing was just I mean it's just long, just by a hair, you know. Um, and, and until it until it hit the ground and was out, you know. Um, like I said, I just had a, a sick feeling in my stomach when he let it go, and, and I watched the line of it. Coach, with the the Mountain West tournament being earlier this week, do you have a preference? especially since last year you won and this year you won, would you prefer to have the tournament next week and keep this kind of momentum you got going, or do you think having kind of the week and a half off to reset and heal up is better? Yeah, I think the the time off will, um, you know, will help our guys. It'll give us some, some much needed rest at this point. Um, you always, you know, it's, it, it, it's always a balance of trying to figure out how much to go and, and how much rest to give them. But I think for us, I, I think it'll be good for us this week to, to have a couple days off. I'm sure you haven't, you haven't seen your, your guys a whole bunch yet, considering it's only Monday. But what's something or, or some things uh, you took away from the experience last year? Obviously, he's uh, Mountain West Tournament champs as well. Uh, but took away from the NCAA berth that you think will contribute or help the team this season, obviously going back-to-back tournaments. You know, I, I just think the, the the experience of being on the big stage like that. You know, there's so much that goes into the NCAA tournament, into March Madness, 
And, you know, it, <clears throat> your first time out there on, on that kind of a stage and in that setting, in that situation, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's kind of surreal for guys, you know, and it, and it takes a while t- for everything to set in and, and for you to get to a comfort level where you can just go out and play basketball, you know, all of the, all of the outside uh, influences, you know, the, the, the media requests, the, the interviews, all that kind of stuff. It just kind of, you know, disrupts kind of your, your daily routine and, and, and all that stuff is great. You know, the exposure and, and being, you know, being able to do that kind of stuff is, is great. But, uh, you know, for a basketball player, it, it does, it, 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 it kind of disrupts what, you know, their, their daily routine and, and how they get ready for a game and, and how they mentally prepare. And so I think, you know, for us having the majority of guys back and, and been through that experience before, I think it's going to help out this time. I, I think they're going to, they're going to have an understanding of, of what they need to do to pre- prepare themselves for the game. So speaking of schedules and routines, what did your schedule like this week with an off week after playing three grueling games in three days? Well, that's something we're still working on. You know, we're, we're, we're going to take a couple of days off, obviously. And, and I think that's, uh, something as we, we move forward here in the next couple of days, just trying to figure out, you know, how many days we want to go consecutively and, and how many we want to take off. Do you, as, as a coach, do you guys pay attention? I know Craig Smith was asked about this during the broadcast, how much they pay attention to bracketology. As, a, as an assistant coach, do you maybe pay attention a little bit more, keep your eye on it, especially with the team? Uh, you know, a big talking point was the Aggies being on the bubble for so much of the of the tournament. You know, for myself, um, I, I would say I didn't spend a whole lot of time with bracketology just because uh, I spent more time, you know, watching film and and uh, getting our guys ready and and preparing for the next team and the next opponent. Um, you know, that probably falls a little bit more on maybe some of our administrative guys that <laughs> that uh, that like to get uh, wrapped up in that stuff and and know what's going on and and know what uh, what seeds people are going to be and and where they could go and all that stuff so for myself as as an assistant that's down on the floor with guys I, i'm i'm more worried about that stuff and and trying to help them get ready how big was alfonso anderson in those final two games he he was great you know obviously the last game um you know hit those two big threes there in the second half to uh to, to give us a little spark and, and his second one obviously cut it to one there and, and kind of got us going. And, and so he was, he was big for us that way. And, you know, defensively did a nice job for us, you know, just his versatility on that end of the floor really helps us out. And, and, you know, you, you look at all three games and, and, um, you know, we kind of had that third guy, third, third to, to fourth guy step forward each game, you know, the first game Diogo, uh, knocks down a, you know, a big three and, and he had a couple, um, uh, put back shots that, that maybe, you know, uh, don't get the recognition that his three late and with, with what a minute to go in that game, um, uh, people kind of remember that one, but he, but he had some other plays that he made. And then the next night, Brock Miller, you know, makes a couple shots for us in the second half that, uh, again, kind of helped us separate a little bit from Wyoming. And, and then Fonz makes a couple big threes against, uh, against San Diego State there in the second half. So it was nice to see that, you know, and then, and then Justin Bean was just kind of his, you know, himself there, 
uh, through all three games. You know, just kind of picked up rebounds without you even noticing it. And then you look at the, the stat sheet and he's got uh, a couple double doubles there. So it, it, it was nice for us to have that third guy and, and fourth guy kind of step forward in key moments. Like I said, the second half when, when we needed some guys, when, when uh, Sam and Namish were, um, you know, getting a little bit more of the attention for those guys to, to step forward and make some shots that, that uh, that's, that helped us big time and it's going to help us moving forward here in the NCAA tournament. Coach, uh, I know we're a week out or almost a week out from selection Sunday. What is the what is the schedule? What is the process like for you once you once the brackets do come out and you know who your opponent is? Can you walk us through that cuz it's pretty quick turnaround right after finding out who you're going to play, getting ready and traveling and all that. It is. It is. It just depends on, you know, the game if we're playing on, on Thursday or, or Friday. Um, you know, if we play on Thursday, we're probably taking Monday off and, and going Tuesday and Wednesday. We like to take a couple days there um, before the game to, to, to start preparing our guys for, for that opponent. And, uh, you know, if we play on Friday, uh, that changes things a little bit there. We, we probably have another day off in there somewhere. Not sure exactly where it is. Um, so, you know, our guys, we try to keep our guys in the, in the, the same routine we've had all year, you know, as a staff, we're, we're the ones probably scrambling a little bit because we're just trying to get caught up on film, right? You're probably playing somebody that you haven't seen, um, this year. And, and so, you know, we're just trying to watch as much film and, and get as much information on the team that we're playing. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to take that that uh that sunday night and and most likely have monday off and, and really try to you know figure out uh, as much as we can on our opponent is that something where maybe you look at some of the projections to kind of not necessarily go hard, deep into but to kind of maybe gather some possibles or do you just is that a waste of time and you just wait until they're finally released yeah <laughs> i think you can waste a lot of time uh looking at those projections and i'm not sure how you know uh, how many times that's right and so um, you know, we're probably better off just waiting to see exactly who we get. I, I'm not sure, you know, thinking about last year, if anybody had us playing Washington in any of the projections. <laughs> so uh, you can you can do a lot of work for yourself there that, that doesn't mean anything by, by doing that. So uh, I know we'll probably wait until we know exactly who we're playing. Hey, Coach, I know we got to let you go here so you can get back to your uh, your week, but I got I got final two questions for you. One, what has your time been like so far at Utah State? Have you enjoyed it, and if so, why? Uh, it's it has it's been great. You know the the people of of Cache Valley and and Utah State have been awesome. The support that we get, um, you know, at, at you know our home games is unbelievable. You know the herd has been awesome. Um, to to walk out there and play in front of you know nine and ten thousand people is is what you want. You know you 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 bust your tail during the week Monday through. Um, Wednesday or, or Thursday and, and then go out on Friday and Saturday and, and to be able to go out and compete on that stage and, and for our guys to see that that's, that's been awesome. And, you know, to go down to, uh, to Las Vegas and, and play, you know, three games and have, you know, a great crowd for all three of them and for them to show up in the championship game was, was huge. And then, you know, we get back here at, at, uh, what was it? three o'clock in the morning and, and we got a bunch of fans out there waiting for us and cheering us on. That's, you know, that's what it's all about. So um, it, it's been fun. Our, our guys have had, you know, a great experience here the last couple of years and, and that's made because of uh, the people that are associated with us. So it's been a, it's been an unbelievable experience so far in these first two years. Most important question, how did you celebrate or did you wait till like you got home? Cause I'm sure you were exhausted. I mean, what, how did we do it? Like bottle of champagne or what, what was the, what was the drill? 
<laughs> sleeping in. Sleeping in. <laughs> Sleep in on, on Sunday we had a couple a uh, couple late nights there on on uh, Thursday and Friday, so we slept in on Sunday and and got up and and uh, had the game on on DVR, so we got a chance to watch it. It's always fun to go back and and watch the TV version of it and 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 kind of relive it that way. So uh, the last couple of days have been fun, and, and next Sunday will be uh, will be a great time. Also, hey, do you notice anything when you watch those games? Like, did anything else stand out to you that you're like, huh? I had no idea that was like, I mean, that became a big part of the game. Not, you know, not really. Uh, I think when you, you're, you're kind of always in coach mode. Yeah. So it, it's tough to, uh, it's tough to move into that, that fan mode. Um, when you're doing that stuff, you're, you're kind of always looking for, uh, some, some things that you, you know, you did well or you didn't do well schematically that way. So, um, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's fun to go back and, and, and just watch it every once in a while too. Hey, well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. I uh, greatly appreciate you. Enjoy the week off, and we'll see you next Sunday for Selection Sunday. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Right, Thanks, thanks coach. coach. That's Coach Austin Hansen, assistant, uh, head assistant basketball coach for Utah State Aggies. did a phenomenal job. Him and his staff, Craig Smith and his staff, were fantastic. But something I realized, AJ, is as I was, they were down 16 versus San Diego State, and all of Aggie Nation Twitter is just collapsing like it is the end of the world. Where right. they, like, they found out the world is flat, and they yeah. were just livid. And that staff didn't panic once. There was no screaming, yelling, gnashing of teeth, no punching in the face. Like, everybody was just calm. It had to be interesting because, you know, I'm kidding mostly, but for most of the season, the Aggies' problem has been holding leads. So it had to be, I mean, I think it speaks more to the staff, the fact that they found themselves in that position and then they're able to claw it back out of it because yeah. for so long. Because it would be one thing if they were up and then they had a lead evaporate because at least – Throughout the season, you've coached, and so you kind of, I think, probably have figured out some tendencies, some things along the way. To claw back after being, and granted, it's still early, but to claw back out of that, I think, says a lot about the staff. But, man, that Sunday, that would be the best sleep ever. You win the tournament, you're exhausted, obviously, but winning the tournament's got to make that the sweetest night of sleep ever. Yeah, absolutely. You sleep better, and here's the thing. It's if they lose, they're sitting on their hands, sweating, soaking wet Oh yeah, until next it's Sunday. a rough week and a half. You now go sleep knowing you are fully guaranteed a spot in the big dance of 64. I think, and that's why I wanted to ask that question because I think Coach Hansen made a great point too. I think it would be one thing if maybe last year, if the tournaments were switched, so last year the tournament was early, you won, you were still kind of a young team, and then you had to sit this week and think. This year, I don't think the week off will bother them as much because it's a veteran team. They won the tournament last year. They went to March, so they know what to kind of expect when it comes to the brackets. And so I think this week and a half or this week off will not hurt them as it may some other teams. A big thanks to Coach Hanson for joining us Absolutely. here on the Full Court Press. We'll get into more Utah State basketball. And by the way, we also got to talk Utah Jazz basketball. They have a big one tonight with a winning streak on the line yes. versus uh, Pascal Siakam and the Toronto Raptors. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Hey, Jay Knight, all Jay Salves here on the Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. If you're looking for our first hour, you can find it on our podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, just type in the Full Court Press, AJ's name, my name, Eric Francis' name. You'll be able to find our uh, previous hour show. A big thanks to Coach Hanson for joining yes. us here on the Full Court Press. Great stuff from him. Uh, you can tell he, like, 
I've I as a media guy, I'm learning more and more how when coaches hold back and they don't want to say everything that they could say. That there's stuff that they'd rather just withhold from right. everybody listening and right. from us, which is understandable. Uh and I <laughs> I wanted to ask him, hey, would you rather be a hot oh in fact, you know what? I'll ask you this too. But I want to ask him, hey, would you rather be a higher seed and and have to play away, like in the Midwest or East, or would you rather be a lower seed and play that's close to home? Question. Eric, I mean, not Eric. AJ, what about you? Man, that's that's a good question. I, I think it depends on uh, like how far away the closer game is. Because like the argument I've heard about this March, uh, this NCAA tournament is uh, – be prepared because besides maybe the one and two seeds, no one is going to be surprised from three down if the upper seeds lose because it just seems like that's what this college basketball season has been. There's been so much parity. So maybe that's tough. I want to say the I want to say the better seed, but with how much parity there is, maybe having some home court advantage would be better. I'm gonna go. I'll go with home court. I'll take lower seed closer to home. So would I. I would take a being a ten seed. And being close to home. Now, I want to ask all our listeners, too. I want to have all our listeners into this conversation. 435-339-0321 is how you can text in. 435-339-0321. Again, if you have free texting, it doesn't cost you a dime. It's whatever per contract is at your service. Okay, so here's my question to you listeners. Would you rather be a 6, 7, or 8 seed and have to play in Albany, New York, St. Louis, or Omaha, or even across the country, North Carolina, or... Would you rather be a 10 or 11 seed and play in Spokane? Is it Spokane? Spokane. Spokane or Sacramento. Where the Zags are going to be. Those are the only two western side of the states that have NCAA tournament regionals going on. Or at least for the first two rounds. Is Spokane and Sacramento. <laughs> that's it. That's Spokane Nobody one. Else. That Spokane one is a bit of a, a problem, though, because the uh, that's where Gonzaga is put, and that's real close to home. Are, yeah. they, are they in Spokane? I think they are in Spokane, actually. Guns, so they're exactly yeah. at home. So, here, yeah, that's my question to you all. I want to hear from you. 435-339-0321. Would you rather be a low seed and play close to home or a high seed and play far away as an Aggie fan? The other, the other thing that's interesting, too, is so I'm going to stick with my answer, so I'd rather be the worst seed but closer to home. But the other thing is too to, to you want to look at your matchups. So like you know because they always there's a strong one and there's a weak two. So that's the other part of it too. Because like if I have a chance to maybe catch that two, the two seed early that I think is a weak two, give it to me. If I think the two seed's good, now send me away so I have to wait until later to see them. Because right now it looks like the CBS and ESPN brackets have the Aggies as a ten seed, both in the Midwest, out in St. Louis. Uh, the ESPN one has West Virginia. The CBS one has Michigan. Um, so it looks like that's in the area, and that means you're playing the two-seed in the second round if you get out of the first. Again, you can text in at 435-339-0321. The question is, would you rather be a high seed and play away from home or be a low seed and play at home? 9835 texted in and says, always take the better seed. I like it. Just you go far away from home, you're a high seed, so you'll get a lesser opponent. Take care of business. Make your way through <laughs> If you're one of the better basketball teams, you should be able to take care of business on the road. I like it. Thank you, 9835. I think the logic is sound. I don't know that the execution is. What do you mean? I, I 
the logic is that as a, as a higher seed, you'll have a better matchup. I just don't think the execution is. I think you've started to see more and more upsets. So the high the seeds, I think, that's mean a true. little bit less. That's a good point. Like you see, twelve beat five every year. That's just a given. You've seen eleven beat sixes more and more often. You've seen a sixteen beat a one. I can't remember if last year it held true, but up until last year, uh, for for example, there is a eleven seed. One of the play-in 11 seeds has won not only their play-in, obviously, but they've also upset the sixth seed. Mm. I can't remember if the streak continued last year, but if not, then it's like five of, five of the last six or something like that. Yeah, it's... And, and again, there's also matchups involved. Like, you brought it up in the first hour. I don't want to see West Virginia. No, West Virginia no, 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 no. is a horrific matchup for me. It, but you are a Big Ten guy. If there's one Big Ten team, imagine if we're in the Midwest... And we are a 10 seed. Who would you rather see out of the Big Ten you'd play that would match up good for the Aggies? Out of all the teams getting in for the yeah. Big Ten? Yeah. IU. Because <laughs> I don't think good they point. deserve to be in. Good point. Michigan, Michigan has been up and down. I think they were a little bit overhyped because they were overhyped early because they beat North Carolina early in that tournament. And then North Carolina, uh, I think Cole Anthony got hurt, but then they just. And so I think they're overhyped. Michigan's very up and down. I think Utah State could beat them because they're kind of. Michigan's in a transition. Um, season and Utah State's a veteran team. I think they could get them. Here's here's the thing. So in that bracket, if you give them Michigan, the two fifteen match, which just purely speculative because it's kind of pointless till the brackets come up, but just purely speculative, the two seed would be Creighton. You like that matchup because they'd be home. They're in, I think, Missouri. I I'm okay with Creighton. I think so too. I'm okay with Creighton. Uh, by the way, two seven seven six. You can just never text in again, please. Uh, did not know AJ had these great sports takes. Get him in there with Eric. <laughs> Shut up, AJ. <laughs> I'm just uh, happy to contribute. Nine three one five. They're all great. We have a team that can handle anyone if we are playing good. That's the question. If we are playing good, if we're on our game. Well, that's that's why I wanted to ask Coach Hanson about that. He said he thinks, and I, I I'm enlightened, online to agree because I think it's a veteran team. The I think the week off, and he didn't state this, but I think the week off's good for the Aggies as well, and I think they're happy with it because what Porter was really beat up in the tournament. Yeah. Yep. Kata's obviously been banged up on and off throughout the season. I know Merrill went through a stretch of injuries, plus he just played three games of Hercules minutes. I bet they're all pretty excited to have that week off. No, that's a great point. Absolutely a great point. Uh, I, you know, being close to home would be great for us because, I, I mean, I think our fans would travel well to Spokane or maybe well, even Sacramento. How would you how would you rate them in Vegas? Because Vegas is closer than anywhere they'll get in the pod. So how did they do for the Mountain West Tournament? Good. I think they waited a little bit too long. I mean, they waited till the Mount West Championship to come, but they still came. Took like, it it for just granted. took a little bit of time. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, we're going to talk some Utah Jazz really quickly and then wrap this show up. That's right, we're already done. This thing went by fast. Good to have AJ Knight here. I'm AJ Salison, 106 on FM, 1390 AM. The, fan. the new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. <clears throat> AJ Knight, AJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, the fan, Full Court Press here, you can also stream on 1069 thefancom I love this song. It's a great song. Damn. Uh, AJ, Utah Jazz, Toronto Raptors tonight, at Vibbins from Arena, Jazz are on a run. Can the Raptors slow this team down? I was looking at this, the Raptors are 22-9 and nine on the road. Now take that for what it's worth, because Eastern Conference isn't great, 
But they, they've played solid. I think they're one of those teams that uh, they play over their heads because they're coached really well. They're trying hard in the regular season. Postseason, I think it might flame out a little bit. This is a big one because there's, just real quick, between the two seed, which is the Clippers, and the uh, seven seed, which is the Mavericks in the West, five games separate those five spots. Good night. That's incredible. You'll hear David Locke and Ron Boone on the call as Utah Jazz gets set to host the Toronto Raptors. Don't forget our bracket challenge is going to be coming up again. Great prizes, great rewards for those who are successful in the challenge, even the ones who aren't. Uh, you will we'll, uh, get you uh, in filled in on how you can sign in and so much more. Selection Sunday will also air on, on this very station. For Eric France and Austin Hanson, Agent, I'm Audrey Salison. Everybody, good night.